I want everyone who's watching to lay down their weapons now. You're alive. PETA is the capital's weapon. The same way you're ours. You will rescue PETA at the earliest opportunity, or you will find another Mockingjay. A clip from the trailer there for The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. We were, Josh, planning on fitting this review into our show proper that's coming, as it usually does, this Friday, along with our review of Foxcatcher and our 2014 Discoveries. But we decided instead that show was jam-packed enough. Let's just go ahead and give a little bit of extra time to Mockingjay on its own, even though it's a movie at this point has been out for about two weeks and feels a little bit dated, though has obviously been successful. And at this point, guessing most people listening have had a chance to see it, if they care to see it. This is the third installment in what's going to be a four-part series, right? They split this last book I up. I believe that's the plan. I don't know if there are going to be more um, to, after that or not, but this is where we see Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss Everdeen really coming to terms with her role in this rebellion, in this insurgence against the Capitol and the president, played by Donald Sutherland, embracing her role as the Mockingjay, the symbol that's going to lead the rebellion. And the conventional wisdom on this movie, just seeing a few comments, as I usually do on Twitter and Letterboxd and other sites out there, is that well, it's just half a movie. So quality or not, it's arguably inherently unsatisfying. But this is the world we live in, Josh. We know that this is how a lot of blockbusters are simply going to be treated. A lot of big series like this are going to be treated. And I think there's a certain laziness in that dismissal, just based on the fact that you can write that or say that before you even see the movie. Right. Of yeah. course. Don't bother. So them. what I want you to do is tell me why this movie works, despite the fact that it's half of a movie. Or give me another reason why it doesn't work, or two, besides the fact that it's just half of a movie. Oh, no, it works, as all of these films have for me. And, yeah, I don't quite get the half a movie thing anyway. That's what they made. Not my choice either. I'd rather have one, probably. But uh, what they've given us is something that is its own narrative that doesn't just end in a way that made me feel cheated, at least. I thought the character arc that this film takes us through was compelling enough to hold me through all the way. This idea, as you said, of uh, Katniss, the Jennifer Lawrence character, it's almost the inverse of what happens in the first film, where this totalitarian government in the first film wants to use her as a symbol uh, to be in these games to keep the populace at bay and and oppressed and down. Mm -hmm. And now the rebellion is wanting to use her as a symbol for them keeping it away from her and not wanting to embrace that. She right. really is just thinking about herself and her family and her she district. Is. Yeah. And, and you know, when you have someone like Lawrence who's capable of making a blockbuster figure that well-rounded and that real, um, then a storyline like that is going to work. I, the one thing I liked about Mockingjay quite a bit is I felt as if, you know, we've had a lot of imitators um, and I don't think Mockingjay was the first in this dystopian girl power trend that we've had lately, but it was one of the early ones. And we've had a lot of imitators. Haven't seen them all, so I can't speak to all of them. But I right. think the general consensus is uh, they haven't all worked. Mockingjay's kind of moved on from that. The Hunger Games themselves have moved on from that with this episode 
a little bit by being a self-critique. So as Katniss is being formed into this symbolic hero, it's almost a spoof of what these other movies are trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you have her handlers, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, really committed performance. Yeah. Uh, one of his last roles, unfortunately. Uh, Julianne Moore, also very committed performance. As the president of this as, yeah, rebellion the, group. Uh, the president who's trying to mold Katniss. And, you know, they're in these scenes. They give it their all. And you don't always get that from actors who are used to being in more um, highbrow stuff than this. Sure. Uh, and it works as they they costume her. They add makeup on her. They even do a promo video Mm -hmm. (laughs) with a green screen. And what does it look like? It looks like all the Hunger Games imitators we've had the last couple of years. So I just love that meta level. Add on top of it this idea of Lawrence as a Hollywood figure being packaged for this movie, but also in other films and the surrounding talk about her. She got caught up in that photo hacking scandal. Um, and there it was, you know, the voyeurism industry tried to use her as they wanted in that. And so there's a lot of resonant levels to this film, aside from the fact that I think it works really well as this dystopian thriller. I agree with you. Nice. I really like this movie. And See, this I'm is why we all. do a bonus podcast, yeah. because you're on board with a blockbuster fantasy, well, sci-fi series, and uh, yeah. As I was with Catching Fire, right? which I finally just caught up with, and I did like them both, as I've said, and you've lamented that I needed to point out that I wasn't as big of a fan as the first one. But those movies, or at least I should say the first one, the thing for me that I really had a problem with was kind of the over CGI sense of the capital and it just feeling too artificial. Once you got outside of the District 12 and you got outside of Katniss in her natural environment, it felt just a little fake to me and it didn't have enough heft to it. We saw with Catching Fire and a new director that changed and it's continued with Francis that Lawrence same director here, here yeah. Francis Lawrence with this movie. And let's talk a little bit about what Jennifer Lawrence is capable of, because while I agree with everything you're saying about the movie, and I'm going to corroborate a few of those things in my own thoughts, the reality is you watch this movie and the sense of her as a movie star carrying this vehicle, she is the key reason why it works. And there is very little in common between this movie and the other movie we're talking about here this week, Foxcatcher. But they do share a scene in common that I can't help but say I was thinking of when I saw Foxcatcher after seeing Mockingjay. And these scenes that they have in common also happen to be my favorite scenes in both movies. And there's a scene in Foxcatcher where Mark Ruffalo as Dave Schultz, it's late in the film, but I'm not spoiling anything. He has to be something he's not, which is unnatural. Oh, the on-camera the interview. On-camera yeah, we interview. didn't get to that. That no. is a really good scene. He has to be disingenuous. He's out of his element. He's talking to the camera. He has a to documentary, lie. He has to lie. A documentary is being made by someone John DuPont, the Steve Carell character, has hired to make a movie that just points out how he's God's gift to uh-huh. coaching wrestling, that DuPont is God's gift to coaching wrestling. And the Ruffalo character here, Dave, he knows what the angle is. He knows what he has to say. And not because he's completely incapable of being dishonest or BSing a little. I think he can pull that off. But because he's incapable of being completely dishonest, he cannot look into a camera and convince the viewer of that video of something he doesn't personally believe with any shred of his being. You could say that character can't act. Now, Mark Ruffalo can act. And spoiler alert to our review, we think he's the best thing in the movie. Mm -hmm. He can act. The character can't in that moment. Contrast that with the first scene in Mockingjay where Katniss has to perform in front of the camera. 
as you mentioned, they've tried to shoot these promos for the with video, her yeah. to be this symbol of the rebellion, and they don't work. They feel as phony as Dave talking to the camera and Foxcatcher. So they go out into the world and they put her in some real scenes of of chaos and trauma and try to see if they can get some truth out of that. Just like in Foxcatcher, it's a propaganda video. They're not capturing life unfolding. They're putting her in a position where she's expected to perform for the camera, just like Dave is, to express a particular idea or a set of ideas. The question is how she'll express it. It's how genuine it will be and whether it will convince the people watching it. Which, again, is really no different than Dave with the DuPont video, except the stakes are much higher, right? Because she really does have the weight of having to galvanize a populace and spark this revolution. But when I say that's the question, how? It's the question for the people who sent her there, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julianne Moore, the people shooting her who are trying to elicit this moment and this truth. But it's also the question for us watching it. Is Katniss going to be able to convey her pain and anger in a wholly convincing way? To this camera. And is Jennifer Lawrence going to be able to feel that pain and anger enough to convey Katniss's feelings in that wholly convincing way? And the answer watching it within seconds is decisively yes. It may be a performance of sort, but it's not acting. It's something more than acting we see. She is just a shot to the veins of pure empathy. And I joked on Letterboxd, I wrote just a couple lines about this movie. I said that Jennifer Lawrence isn't an actress. She's an age-appropriate empathy delivery device, which some people interpreted as I was being pejorative because it was a riff on Sam's infamous line here on the show for people who go back this far. Sam took a jab at a certain thrice Oscar-nominated actress saying that she was just an age-appropriate character delivery device. I was trying to subvert that a little bit, though, by using empathy instead of character because I think it encompasses so much more than just the bare character minimum. It's, it's really everything an actor is trying to do, right? Convey what the character is feeling and convey those emotions to us and get us to empathize with those characters. She's conveying the emotions, the psychology, the soul of this character, as well as conveying the anguish of all these others funneled through her. And I suppose I could stop babbling, Josh, and just say that she's a movie star. That's yeah. what she is. That's what she has to pull off. And that performance alone was a significant enough hook for me, but there is also this meta thing going on that you touched on a little bit, and maybe we can touch on a little bit more in these scenes and some others that I do think is really interesting. But watching that scene and seeing the way she's able to bring that, to convey that emotion, that was something that really actually took me back. I'm not going to say it got me emotional necessarily, but it got me invested in everything that followed, which is all that really matters. Yeah, she's a movie star and an actress, and that's probably a rare breed, right? We talk sometimes, or at least I do, about um, who is just a great star. And mm-hmm. I, I think of maybe Denzel Washington. Maybe I think of him as a great star, not so much an actor. And that's not an assessment of the quality of his talent, just the different sort of talent that he might have. Well, and I'll jump in real quick and say that someone on Letterboxd took issue with this, slamming Jennifer Lawrence, actually, and saying that, you know, looking back, she's up against, for the Oscars, an actress like Kate Blanchett, and Blanchett loses to Jennifer Lawrence, and what a shame that is. And I'm like, look, no one's going to say that Cary Grant was Lawrence Olivier, but That's you're not going to say He's you're not going to say that Cary He's Grant isn't a movie star and isn't someone who's charismatic right. on screen and someone you love watching in film after film. Yes, Jennifer Lawrence is never going to be Kate Blanchett. We're never probably going to see Jennifer Lawrence's Shakespeare. I don't need to see it to quote a former host of this show. We just don't. And that's fine. Yeah. she. Here's a moment where she it's the first moment actually in the film, which is really strong and a bold choice, I think, by the filmmakers to open their 
teen girl power dystopian adventure. Usually with these sorts of things, any blockbuster spectacle, we get some sort of big battle at the beginning, right? Or at least an action sequence. This opens with just her in a dark corridor, huddling and, and clearly distraught. And the levels that Lawrence manages to bring to this scene uh, where she's she doesn't want to be brought back in to these people who are trying to manage her, handle her. Someone comes into the hallway and she asks for one more moment of privacy in this voice. She shifts from that sort of whimpering, distraught voice to this polite voice of, I just need one more minute. That doesn't work. The person comes up, touches her, and she erupts in this fury. And there we see sort of, you know, maybe if there's the star quality of Jennifer Lawrence, it would be fiery nature that she might have. Mm-hmm. All right. So she brings that to Which it. the character and really plays good match. as well. Good yeah. match. Yep. And um, and, and then it, it, you know, it goes on from there to actually show us the number of things that this character is struggling with in trying not to be turned into a symbol again, which is what most characters in these sorts of movies are strictly symbols. Yes. Yeah. That's where I wanted to go because as we talk about kind of the meta nature of this, it did make me realize watching these scenes, the movie was making me hyper aware of the fact as a viewer of how I view these types of characters on screen, but not just fictional characters, real characters as well. Think about people In our real lives, in our day-to-day lives, who we see on the news or in movies or whatever, real heroes, real leaders, and it makes you aware. And look, we're aware of it anyway, and I think it's been a theme running throughout this year through a lot of movies. We could talk about Gone Girl and Truth and Fabrication and all that stuff. But the fact is, just having a movie like this subtly play with these notions of how much of what we see every day is manufactured, but then... Not just being able to dismiss that, but go, yes, despite the fact that it's manufactured, there's still some truth there, just as there is truth in those emotions and in what Katniss is conveying in those scenes. It doesn't matter that, of course, they came there to shoot this promo. What do they get out of it? And can you deny that? And I think that the movie made me aware of not only how I view those real people, but thinking about how fictional heroes and fictional heroines on screen, how we can get swept up in their language, in their image. And want to sort of idolize them or kind of follow them. Think about why we are so swept up in superhero characters and something about them wearing those costumes and what it is about that that makes us be drawn to them in a certain way. This movie, in a way that's very much about that, but not about it because Mm -hmm. it also has a story that it's dealing with and that's why it's a good movie. It does make you think about all of these things and then add to the meta nature. And I think there's been a little bit of commentary about it, but I haven't been able to dive into it. There's no denying as well that you've got this female character who also goes and rescues PETA, right? Who you've got that character. Yeah, that's been another fantastic right. element I mean, of this just, whole series. I mean, he's just this sort of, you know, damsel in distress. I think Alison Wilmore may have written about this, and I really want to dive into it. Someone certainly did, because I saw the links going around Twitter, that he's embodying this character that, again, is just sort of subverting our expectations of these kind of action movies and what we think of these gender roles. The flipping of gender roles has been brilliant, even down to the costuming. That's an element of the first film that I really appreciated is as the government is trying to costume her into this more feminized version with more makeup and mm-hmm. uh, you know more dresses when she's presented, and it's just not her, and she finally gets to a point, I think it's in the games, where she can be back to the boots and the practical, sensible, 
hunting wear that she likes and she would always have when she was back at home. And so that's another little element where they flip that. I, I really think that this, you know, this love triangle element of it, which I only read the first book and, and found it exceedingly cheesy in the book, but I think it's been handled fairly well here with PETA played by Josh Hutcherson and then Gail, um, another man from Katniss's district played by Liam Hemsworth. And they handle this with just enough nuance and maybe what it is is they don't give it more time yeah than it deserves right. within this larger story yeah. so that so that this this story about one young woman struggling to maintain her identity within this larger historical upheaval isn't turned into, you know, a high school hallway romance. Yeah. They don't do it to it. They no, could have. You're right. And I don't know that I feel like Josh Hutcherson or Liam Hemsworth are the most dynamic performers and the most believable, certainly against a dynamo like Jennifer Lawrence. But I agree with you in the handling overall of that relationship. And there are some key moments here that speak to, again, how Francis Lawrence and how the writers are able to kind of play with our notions a little bit. There's a scene in this movie where she embraces the Liam Hemsworth character, and he rebukes her in a way that seems maybe a little bit surprising, because I think a lot of movies would have used that as an opportunity to get the romantic Mm -hmm, leads mm -hmm. to have this nice tender moment on screen. And it immediately subverts it and has him say to her, what seemed very genuine and very believable, some incisive commentary about her character that, like I said, I think actually seems honest to that character and to his character as well. And you do get the sense, and someone I think in the movie articulates this just a little bit, that she really doesn't know how she feels. And so that's another tightrope she's walking a little bit, is that she clearly does have strong feelings for both of these men. And rather than the movie really forcing her to make the choice, we just keep going along with the fact that this is just going to be this struggle for yeah. her so, throughout. So it could have been Twilight, I think is what we're yeah. saying, handling that sort of notion. And, and it's definitely not. Here's one advantage maybe of having the film be half a film, as it's been accused of being. You can be committed to, though I'd say the other pictures are fairly committed to this as well, being dismal and being dour because you don't have that pressure, whatever you might put upon yourself to have as a blockbuster, to offer those moments of happiness mm-hmm. or you know a, a joyful ending or even glimmers of that move this movie does not have much of it and another thing that it's that ties into that element is the attention it pays to something like post-traumatic stress yeah uh, in terms of I mean it's obviously a fictional sci-fi scenario but the amount of time it gives to uh, what the people who have been through battle suffer and how it lingers psychologically and physically also stands apart from how many other films in the genre deal with something like that. I agree. That is Mockingjay, which, as we noted, has been out for a few weeks, and we're on board with it. We want to know what you think, though. Let us know your thoughts on Mockingjay. Feedback at filmspotting.net. <laughs> 